0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bike Lab Performance Podcast. I'm Tony Stewart, owner of the Bike Lab OKC here in Oklahoma City. I have with me Brandon Jackson. Hey, everybody. Team, is it Team Logic? Team Logic. You Team guys. Logic IT. Right. And I heard that you were fine. You actually have a promo going on that you will fix but it's only for fax machines and only printers fax machines, <laughs> fax machines and what was the it's old kind of printer that it... kind of had the like the uh like the skeet, dot matrix or dot yeah dot matrix some... printers yeah. and fax machines free service Yep, that's right
1: 12 year old minimum <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and then we have with us uh matt lanier i guess of whole shot coffee management what is uh what's the hot seller over at whole shot right now mm. what's been going good
2: Man, I've been selling a lot of honey lattes. Really? Yeah, honey lattes. Mm-hmm. I've like I just noticed that today that I've been selling a lot of them.
0: So a honey latte is that just what they choose to sweeten it? Like is it a as a yeah. choice in yeah, the sweetener, like a, or is it like a? It's
2: a sweetener flavor sort of thing, and All right. I think I'm
0: I'm gonna run with that
2: and maybe maybe use it in a spring special, which yeah, is, is right it, around the corner. Is
0: it true? Have you guys heard? If you have honey that's been uh, uh, grown, produced, made. <laughs> Developed, locally? like bees have got it on and made some honey locally that it helps allergies. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works? Is that how it works? I don't think so. What's what is what is honey? I, I always thought it was like bee vomit. So if the bee vomit happens locally, mm-hmm. does it help with allergies? That's what, heard. that's what I've heard. So we should do we should try to figure that out. And an allergy solving latte. TM. TM. <laughs> <laughs> TM.
2: Let's get that out so nobody can steal it. guess okay,
0: so you gotta get official trademarks. Let's partner with one of those
1: honey farms. <laughs> um, that would be awesome. There's a good one up in Edmond we buy from.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. You guys would be all hooked into the.
1: No, is, are you allowed to eat honey for vegan? No, you're not. But that's one of the rules we break for allergies because our boys are <sighs> Tip so bad. Oh
0: crit. <laughs> I think there's
1: a divide among vegans
2: though of honey consumers versus honey. There is. The the, there is.
0: One uh, size has uh, pitchforks and megaphones, and mm-hmm. the other side is uh, enjoying delicious honey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: very happy because honey makes it you you're, you're making my honey latte right after this,
2: right? <laughs> maybe, maybe later. Maybe later. <laughs> you're supposed to say
1: we're closed. Uh, we're, we're closed. closed. <laughs> we're closed. We're well, closed.
0: And uh, we have
1: some racing <clears throat> coming up this weekend. We the had, f- a, we had first... a race Saturday or Sunday. We did. Well <laughs> oh
0: my! Oh my God. So, uh, if anyone who's out there listening, uh, if you hear this, we'd love to hear your experiences around Zwift racing. If you're still alive. If you're still alive. uh After one. I.E. Uh, the death zone. <laughs> Matt, did you, have you done a Zwift race before? I haven't, no.
2: I H- really, happily, I I really
0: wish that you would have had that experience. Brandon, how would you describe...
1: It's a freaking time trial is what it is.
0: It's not just a time trial. Like it, It's like the easiest part of the race is a time trial. <laughs> <laughs> the easiest part, when it's just smooth and it's sitting there and you're spilling out your guts on the pedals, that's the easy part. Yeah. That's the part that goes for the entire time. On it's- top of that is the weird drafting, trying to find a way okay. to draft and not push off the front or the back, more likely the back with
1: me. <laughs> and then the sprinting and the hard parts, Like it's just... On my dumb trainer, it was hard to pace because I'd shoot to the front, like <laughs> trying to stay with the surge or something, and then I'd fall to the back, and then I'd be off the back, and I'd have to surge, and then I'd go to the front <laughs> again. I'd do that like oh, 18 my God. times. Uh, then there's, like, there's the elevation, and so also because I'm on a dumb trainer, I don't feel that trainer engage with the resistance of the incline that's on screen. And so like I, just ha- I figured out halfway through I had to constantly watch that incline number because every time a little kick or hit because your like, cadence
0: wouldn't sh- just push into the resistance no. and increase your power yeah, I mean, or you I'd, would be yeah i'd have to start uh-huh. you would have
1: to bump up 10 cadence just to stay with the, the group so. so you
0: went from 45 to 55 on, on the hills then yes in your cadence yeah okay yeah <laughs> so zwift racing did happen a bunch of us from the bike lab club signed up and went and did the same and zwiftpower.com is rad did you get signed up for that too uh-huh. that's so cool anyway yeah, it's great. a data person's
1: dream yeah so it's, is it going to make you switch from Trainer Road to Zwift? No, I may have to cheat on it every now and then, but uh, I'm a pretty loyal. It's kind
0: of like having honey as a vegan. That's, right. That's exactly. was <laughs> the Swift to the Trainer Road, taste every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we did do Swift racing. Uh, Kai Cordis beat me by eight seconds in our race. <sighs> Uh, but on our recovery ride on Monday that we did as a team, I smoked him <laughs> in the random sprint he initiated.
1: That doesn't sound like a Tony official recovery ride.
0: Uh, well, you know, there was 15 seconds of it that were really hard okay. out of 45 minutes. Towards I, guess, the end. I guess
1: that's acceptable.
0: It, and we were sitting at uh, uh, 1.8 watts per kilo, nice. which is pretty chill. That's pretty chill for the recovery ride. Uh, yeah, then there's other, uh, there's racing we're drafting actually counts happening this weekend, outdoors, the last day. You guys are, are you both Saturday, Sunday? Yeah.
2: Saturday, Sunday.
0: The one, two, three race? Yes. All right. I'm doing the three, four race on Sunday at a go-kart complex.
1: That should be really interesting. Have you guys seen the
2: pictures of it that they posted? Yeah. Super cool. There's like stadium seating on the Uh side. You can see the entire race. Which is
1: going
0: to be uh, inadequately filled. Yes.
1: (laughs) Hi, mom. I heard something about, like, the turn. Like, someone was telling me if they were thinking about the right place, that, like, some of the turns are banked or something. Yeah. It looked
2: like the pictures. There were some dudes in go-karts. I just hope that we're going
0: fast enough to need a banked turn. No, we don't. don't You guys won't be. The 3-4 race will go fast enough. I don't know about the 1-2-3, though. Still going to strike a pedal. (laughs) So make it a goal. Um... Yeah, so racing's going. What after that? It's kind of a break, and then we have the um, full gas road race at the end of March. It's gonna be fun. And then we've got uh, <laughs> Matrix and a bunch of other stuff happening in April. So the season really starts to spin up locally here as we get going.
1: Yeah. What do you think about uh, strategy for Sunday? With all the turns and stuff. It's gonna be a lot about position and probably just pedal harder than everyone else. Is that, is that the plan? Mm-hmm. I think that's a good plan.
0: <laughs> in my race or your race? <laughs> Our race, your race, yeah. hold on for dear life. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be. There's intense. a lot of very fit folks in the world right now. Sure. I don't There's think... amateur teams with professionals on them.
1: Oh, I know it's gonna hurt. Well, I, and I'm just talking. Like, I don't know that I would call it
2: technical. I, I was thinking about it today and like you know a normal four corner crit. Whenever the breakaway gets away yeah. and you lose sight of them, the entire field just kind of sits up yeah, and they're like, "We're done. not gonna lose sight of these But guys. we're not ever gonna lose sight of them. Some of the corners front, so I think are gonna, gonna
0: be, be aggressive numbers. enough that you're gonna single file into them, yeah. and so they're gonna automatically create that ripple whiplash effect. Yeah. That if you attack into that corner and don't eat it coming out, you're gonna come out with a real advantage. Uh, some of the other turns look pretty open, so I don't yeah. know that they're gonna create a real problem. But because of how many corners there are, it's a 0.8 mile course, and there's probably it looked like 12 turns. Yeah. So uh, because of don't all that. I think I saw a straightaway. There is. There's, there's, a, there's one straightaway? For the start finish. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some bigger open spots that are pretty much a straightaway anyways. Uh-huh. So I don't think it's going to be crazy, but there is going to be a lot of single file cornering. And when you go through more than a 90 degree turn, like sand springs, <laughs> just remember that crashes are like, you know, centrifugal force. hmm when so someone crashes, out. they yeah. go out. So if yeah. you're trying to corner on the outside of anybody, be ready for them to take you out. Otherwise, follow a, a, a smooth line behind the person in front of you and be ready to cut the corner a little closer to avoid a crash, because they, they can't crash in. Yeah. They can only crash out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was just look, looking at the course and thinking, I mean, all the turns and stuff make you think it's like gonna be super technical, but I think if, I mean, unless it just gets really tight in one of the turns or something, I think there was a couple of spots I saw, like you were saying, they're going to be single-file, but the rest of it, I think, I mean, it's going to be probably too If you can't
0: pedal through it, you need to have a lot of momentum into it and carry a lot of speed out of it. And the way that you corner in group rides, Brandon, I think you'll be fine because you go Mach 11 every time. <laughs> I'm always practicing. You want, like, like we do our Thunder Thursday, we're taking a right-hand turn into the pitch black with cars coming. He's just full send. <laughs> I'm back there, old man, peeing a little bit, trying to get through it. So I think you'll be fine. Uh, and all of us that haven't been cornering here recently are going to get a real quick lesson on yeah. being in a group and quick tune up. Oh yeah, it's going to it's going to wake you up pretty quick. So, we're going to get to the topic at hand. How do I know if I'm fit enough to start be, getting into my specific VO2 workouts? That's the question. How do I know if I'm fit enough? What do you guys think of the question? What do you think? Those are your first impressions?
1: Brandon <laughs> Uh, I, I, I wonder the, the person's pr- uh, thought process behind the question so there's a lot that goes into that answer am I fit enough like what is fit enough what are your goals yeah. what, are you, what are you targeting so you know physiologically we, we have a process and there's like a perfect um, so-called perfect strategy for tuning up for races or events, Mm -hmm. and um, I think having the correct expectation of what fit means to you, if that's like, I'm going to win this race, um, you got to have enough time to get that fitness, so it's it's all about what your goals are. If you're okay with just showing up and having a good time and enjoying yourself, then yeah, I, I think, you know, we could answer the question we could get you fit enough in in, in a certain amount of time, but everything is a process and we just uh, always have to um, focus on, I think, the expectations of that person leaning into something like that.
0: Matt, what do you think?
1: Yeah. um, So,
2: whenever whenever I think about that question, I I don't know, I immediately think to, what are our goals Mm -hmm. for this workout training program? And where are we coming from? So, whenever we have our initial client interviews and we're talking about goal setting and what we want to do and how far out is the event, um, what I always do is I think about how far that event is and then I work backwards. So, it makes it really easy uh, if the event's in the fall, you know, and then we're coming into a training program starting in the winter time to work backwards mm-hmm. um, 12 to 16 weeks for your build and then another 12 to 16 or more for a base period and if we move through those phases sequentially and on time then yes you're probably fit enough to move on to VO2 when the time comes right but if we're talking about a new rider and their event is 12 weeks out and we're trying to cram as much as we can into those 12 weeks and we're going to only do a couple weeks of base, and then we ask if we can move into build. Well, it's really, is this going to be um, beneficial to you moving into this build, right? So, if you can't complete the VO2 workouts, then you need to take a step back and and see if those VO2 workouts are actually beneficial to you. Yeah. So, um, there's the trial and error Way where you know you try for 10 minutes of VO2 and in, in a workout, and if you can't do it, and if you fail that workout three times in a row, then we probably need to take a step back. Yeah, um, whereas if you've done a month of base, or if you've come from a background of running or cycling recreationally, and you miss the first workout, but we see progress moving forward where you can only do say you do five minutes of VO2, and then the next workout's eight minutes, then 10 minutes. I think we're seeing progress and we're not getting bogged down by being not fit enough at the very
0: beginning. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. I think trajectory into the question matters. That's how I would, I would term it. Consistency and leading it. Well, there's a certain, you know, CTL is something you can look at. I mean, that number is called fitness and training peaks. Mm-hmm. And people will ask, is there a certain CTL, if I get to it, that I'm ready for? Build. Well, it depends on how you got there. Now, if your CTL currently is 90 or above. You're probably good to go. Well, you're probably good to go because you can't fake that. It's it's a 42-day It's a rolling average of your daily TSS or training uh, training stress score. So even if you've had two weeks off and you're still at 90, you're probably okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The numbers that get a little more blurry is like that 40 to 70 number. Because if you started at zero, and you've gotten to 40, and it's been 30 days, and so you're not even into the 42-day window yet, but you had some consistency going there, and we've seen, like Matt said, maybe some good signs of fitness from another activity, and we know that there's a certain timeline to the event that we want to try to stay inside of if we can, there may be some potential for that. If your CTL is at 60, and it's because you haven't ridden in two months, and it's just declined from a high number, and it's just, it's just, di- just nose-diving... Well, no, you're not ready. Mm. That that number doesn't mean anything anymore. Right? All, all it means is what could be. And what's important to know is that all those data numbers, all those things, I can't take a sample of your blood and tell you what your CTL is. It is not something that is physiologically real. Yes. It is math mm. to guess. There's a lot of guessing going on on your FTP to your heart rate to your zones to your intensity levels. I generate that TSS score. And then we roll those averages. And it's trying to give us a blurry picture of what might be. But saying, yeah, if you hit this number, you're good to go. There's different ways to get there, and the math could be off anyways. Yeah, there's no light switch that
2: gets flipped whenever you're ready for a VO2 workout.
0: Right, and that's where I think, uh, one, the perspective on the base and the build and the peak model, historically, that's called periodization. And Brandon, you would say that's, as you look at what Joe Friel's done, that's like a 36... 30 to 40 week process,
1: right? Yeah. So go ahead. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say in a perfect world, you'd have 12 to 16 weeks of base, and then you transition into doing the VO2 work. And um, in some of our conversations uh, over the years, there's when you're, whenever you make that transition, it's, it can be very difficult. So yeah, um, you can be have that base fitness that we're talking about, you can be doing those 12 to 16 weeks of base, and then you make that transition and you start failing some VO2 workouts. You, you shouldn't consistently fail those VO2 workouts, but it, it's gonna be hard, it's a big change. And so we try to build that in to that model yeah. uh, leading up to your event, knowing that that's going to be uh, a tough transition so that you have some time to get used to that and adapt to that type of work. And then you can uh, build on it in that uh, periodization model. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So just knowing that the basic structures of, I mean, again, I think it's how you arrive at the question, right? It's Richard Dave. If you've read the books and you've been measuring power and you get to a point where you've only been riding for 10 weeks and you want to jump on the vo2 because you have this event race going on like wheelers coming around the corner but you've never done any of that stuff before i think it's very easy to get greedy for the number greedy for the result and rush what is really a major physiological system change what encouraged me the most when i farce farce? (laughs) that's a good word first started looking at racing bikes was How many years in a row you could continually improve? And if you're starting from pretty zero, the number I read was there's a seven to 10 year process where you'll see year over year improvement. Mm -hmm. So any improvement you saw from last year to this year, if you were consistent, you can expect to see a similar level of potential improvement for almost a decade, right? So A, it's impossible to get at your best in a year. Yeah. Which means sometimes it's impossible to be capable for a great experience at an event in ten weeks. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. A lot of it I mean, whenever you're trying to peak for or whenever you're trying to get ready for an event that's ten weeks in the future and um, you know, you're starting from the ground floor or pretty close to the ground floor, you have to have a real conversation about, okay, maybe maybe this year isn't the year for that event. Right. Yeah. So maybe next year I can really shine at that event. If it's an event that's like eight weeks out. Right, if it's only eight weeks out from today, then you need to think about... And I had a crappy winter and I've not been riding. Maybe look at that for next year. But this year, let's look at something that's more um, late summer, early fall events. Mm -hmm. um, Build towards those and then carry that fitness into next year.
0: On the other side of it, I'll say anyone who's listening to this who has been training, even if they've gotten sick for a week, even if they've had issues no matter what their CTL is if they've been consistent throughout the winter and they have events coming up that's where Matt and even Brandon you're saying you just count down back from the event yeah and at 8 to 12 weeks you just step into the process trusting that because you've been consistent you've got the fitness to start knocking mm-hmm. out the workouts but i like what you said expect failure in the first block oh yeah the, like don't build it into the mm-hmm. minute
2: i mean like we were talking about last week those vo2 workouts are hard right yeah. be
0: prepared to hurt Well, for you guys they event. are right yeah um <laughs> But I, I just want to stop you here real quick. Kevin Sloan just walked in to the bike lab. He's a beautiful man. He's a be- he's, he's got that aerodynamic haircut going.
1: Mm-hmm. I just wanted to Maybe point that out. Maybe it's all that. those uh, uh, gummy bears he eats. Is, it, is yeah, gummy I mean, bears his thing I or, or is
0: Swedish fish his What's his thing? No, I think it's gummy bears. Gummy bears? Yeah. He's kind of a gummy bear guy. He's kind of shaped <laughs> like a gummy bear. <laughs> That's, weird. Right. <laughs> That's weird. Sorry. That's weird. It's like <laughs> yeah okay go ahead Matt sorry I have no <laughs> idea where we're at where we're all right I I'll jump in uh there is some scientific suggestion as you're building fitness uh, what you're really looking at is your cardiovascular efficiency and so when the realization that there's cardiac drift meaning if you're riding at hundred watts in the first hour or two you might have an average heart rate of one ten. Uh, after five or six hours for the same wattage, your heart rate might be 140, meaning that your cardiovascular system is starting to break down in its ability to generate energy. And so it has to be a little harder to get the same work done. Um, the, if you're wearing a heart rate monitor and a power meter, Training Peaks measures that. They call it aerobic decoupling. It's the number or the uh, icon. That's PW colon uh, HR. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it takes the average heart rate for the first half of your ride compared to the normalized power from the first half of your ride and looks at the variance and change to the second half of your ride. And the number that I've seen thrown out from Joe Friel and others is that if you do a steady endurance ride, that's key. If you go to a race, you might see some numbers to pay attention to, but the surges and the raggedness of that Mm -hmm. is hard to measure. But if you do a steady endurance ride over an hour, you want to have a sign of good cardiovascular fitness is having that percentage change or cardiac drift to be 4% or less, right? Now, if your CTL is at 25 and you go do that, A, you've probably not been tracking the information, or that ride may not be a good indicator of what's going on. You need to see that number over and over and over again. But that is a nice number to check on your cardiovascular efficiency, which is uh, an indication of fitness, but maybe not the, right? If you're going to go do cat one, cat two level road racing, and you have your cardiovascular fitness after a two hour ride is three and a half percent, but your CTL is at 50. If you go do a hundred mile road race with the likes of Colin Strickland and the DNA gang and everyone else there, you may still get your face severely kicked in <laughs> because you've not been riding that long, that fast, that hard, and you haven't built up the stress to be ready for it yet. But that is for the data hungry folks out there, Something to it's a way to track progress. You want to see that reinforced time and time again. Mm-hmm. Currently, most of my efforts are like 12%, mm-hmm. 14%. Yeah, right. But I had not been doing a lot of longer cardiovascular rides, I've been doing more of a time crunched or not riding model, right? Not consistent. So, as I, I see the number improving, but that's just an indication if you have those two things you're using as you ride to look at to have an idea of your fitness. But again, if you've been consistent, I like what you guys are both saying. It's about backtracking the weeks to know how you can be ready for the big event you want to have.
1: So, how do we summarize all this? Should we say <laughs> that if you're trying to, if someone's asking the question, should I start build now? The, the answer to that is, when it, it depends. W- it depends. And, and when is your event and what have you been doing? Sure. I think
0: most people asking that question have probably already been doing enough mm -hmm. if they're actually asking the question. If it's somebody trying to take a shortcut, the answer is no.
2: Yeah. I think there's a difference between am I ready to step into VO2 or can I start doing VO2? Like right right out the gate. Right out the gate. So, am I ready kind of leans into the background of you've been riding and you've been doing some bass, but can I do VO2 workouts? to get ready for my event, then we have to ask, well, what have you been doing up until this point? When is your event?
0: I would think of it like this. If you're like a couch to CrossFit dude, and you go into a CrossFit workout, and one of the things they have, and you've not done any kind of work, you're slightly overweight, let's just say it's Tony. (laughs) 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 And one of the workout for the day thing is you have to do five sets of 10 chin-ups. Well, old fat Tony can't do 10 chin-ups. So how Mm -hmm. am I going to do five sets of 10? I'm going to do two, sit around, Mm -hmm. do two, sit around, do two. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take me forever just to get through the first set. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm just not even physically fit enough mm-hmm. to do that. But the person who's been going to CrossFit for a while, even if they've missed some, mm-hmm. but they've been consistent to diet and nutrition, been running on the side, and they get to that workout, well, yeah, they're ready for that workout and the intensity of it. And that's what's important with Build. Anyone who's been riding three days a week through the winter and just having the, the goal of being consistent, they're ready. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's trying to use it as a shortcut, like, I need to see a number that I can go, is, it, there are no shortcuts.
1: Yep.
0: That's how I would summarize
1: it. Good summary.
0: It's kind of like how much faster printers are now from Dot .matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Something.
1: You, you guys are going to
2: laugh, I have no idea what a Dot .matrix printer is. <laughs> are you sure? I have no idea. They had, like, the paper strips on the sides where, like, the little wheel, like, w- rolled it through. Is that the, like, the big... Like, they came in,
0: like, rolls of paper, and you could, it like, would, when it printed. When it printed, it would go, kink, hmm.
2: kink.
0: It was like a really think, fast typewriter. I
2: think I saw one of these in a museum once.
0: It was in the Matrix, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Kevin Sloan, I think he still uses a dot matrix. He might. He'd be that kind of guy. He might. He's got, like, three cell phones. Does he? <laughs> He's oil and
1: gas, man. Does he have a beeper? Two, I can understand. Three, that gets a little suspicious. I mean,
0: he is Kevin Sloan
1: all day. He's the man. He's <laughs> well, been, he's been doing VO2 for 30 weeks now or something. Oh, I don't know. He has the, <laughs> the, the trainer bike set up.
0: <laughs> 30 weeks, man. I'm blowing my brains
1: out. Yeah.
0: Well, good luck to all of you out there who are in the process of trying to get a little bit better every day. We hope our podcast is helping you uh, get there. If you have questions, please let us know. And if you'd like personal help, in having someone sit down, have this sort of conversation with you to help you structure a plan, to make the most of your time. All three of us here are real world athletes with full-time jobs. And so we love looking at how to create balance and energy and motivation to do some truly great things on the bike. And we love to help you out. So if you're interested, you can go to the okc.com and click on Bike Lab Performance. Plans are all listed out there, and we can get you connected. Or if you just like to have a one-on-one conversation with coffee on us, we can schedule that too, and we'll cover the coffee over at Whole Shot Coffee, and we can see what your goals are and how we might be able to help. Matt, are you going to be Brandon in the race this
1: weekend? He's going to try really hard.
2: <laughs> My goal is to send it and then get blown out the back. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna just throw it out there and see what sticks. Yeah, just haymakers and then get popped. So I'll just pick then, up I'll just pick I'll, up the pieces. Yeah. This will be behind. the first
0: time you both are in the same race with the system sixes and everything too. Yeah. It full is, full it? arrow mode. It sure is.
1: Wow. I should use, gonna gonna I was gonna take the,
0: the battle ready dad bod crit squad LA sprint, but maybe I need to go out there with the system sixteen. To I should. I probably should. You just feel like you're cheating. I do. <laughs> Plus Yeah, crosswinds, get in fourth place, now go into a crit with a lot of corners, which is, and flat, Mm. sort of my thing. I'm really, honestly, what I'm going to try to do is get Renee Hernandez to make a lot of really dumb attacks (laughs) and see where we end up. Send it, Renee! Actually, I might just hold onto his pocket the whole time (laughs) and just mess with him. All right. Anyways, that's gone too long. Everyone, thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Again, as you have questions, let us know and we'll answer them
2: guys. See ya.